0: It is Wildcat Insider after dark, after work. We're 18 days away from the Sugar Bowl. New Orleans, Louisiana. It's not New Orleans. It's New Orleans, Louisiana. The Big Easy. The Dirty South. The Bayou, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Our number is 537-1350. Here in just a few moments, we'll be joined by K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor. You know, it's, oh, actually, I'm thinking about it. Subtract 6 or 12 days away from Christmas.
1: <sighs> and you're all ready, It just right? kind of hit me.
0: It just, uh, oh boy. Actually, I did a little bit today, but it was just because I was in the neighborhood of a certain place, and I don't want to give too much details out here. Why I don't sure, know who's I, listening. I know. But um, So I got a little bit done, but uh, I still got a ways to go. I'm not one, I I don't like buying things for people. I want to buy experiences, you know? Sure. Like, don't people have enough things? They need to go experience more. That's kind of how I do my Christmas shopping. If they want things, I'll just give them a few bucks to go waste, you know? Or a gift card. But uh, how about you?
1: Do you have a whole lot of people you buy for? No. And I am the world's worst, the worst. There's not anybody close as bad as the last minute Wyatt Thompson. I'm the worst. I admit it. <laughs> Do you have an example? Like, I, like
0: you're talking at the finish line. Oh, like, yeah. You're yeah, out yeah.
1: Christmas Eve. I've I've been in stores Christmas Eve before. Yes, not lately, but yes, I have. I mean, you're not the only one. Yeah, and a part of I'd say probably the couple of days leading up to Christmas Eve, my, my mother's birthday was actually December 24th. Okay. Yeah. So we tried really hard as a family to make her feel really special, like birthday special, you know, because it was so close to Christmas.
0: Now, my sister and I, we both don't have any kids. We're both yeah. in our 30s, but we don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. So it's just she and her husband, me and my girlfriend. I mean, my mom still insists... On you know having a big dinner, I get that, but also buying us a bunch of gifts, put them under the tree. Still riding, you know, riding from you know, you know. I, I don't want to give too much away there, but uh, be careful. Uh, but um, I'm just, she's always asking me every, every Thanksgiving, what do you want for Christmas? Give me a list. I need I need some ideas. I'm like, don't need to buy me anything. I'm 32 <laughs> years
1: old, like. So are you the kind of guy too that will give? Uh one of your family members who's a KU fan, a K State shirt. No, you won't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. no.
0: I I would. <laughs> I, I probably would have done that ten years ago. But uh, I don't. I wouldn't want them to reciprocate by giving me something KU. Well, there you I've go. had that's that happen fair. before. That's, that's and I'm just fair. like. First of all, you wasted money. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to just take this back to the store. I'll never wear it or anything. You know. Um, I also wouldn't want to do it vice versa and buy somebody K State a KU something or other. Uh, I would never ever do that. I wouldn't spend my money on it. Um, but uh, will you do that, like with with your wife, or like well, you for mean the, last minute? No, for like the kids. Like you you guys will go out and buy them all gifts and
1: still do the family Christmas, like if they were still kids. I I guess you could say the answer to that would be yes for the most part. I mean I I think they. Karen does all of that she she makes sure everybody has something or multiple things actually um, i do I don't even want to describe the scale because she's like at one hundred and ten percent and I'm at minus ten that's another thing i I was worrying about this today I was like. I
0: don't know if, how many gifts a certain somebody is getting me. Like, are we supposed to match the money or supposed to match the amount of gifts? Or how does this work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always tough.
1: Get them a—well, I guess it is what it is. You, you better not give me any, any secrets away. No. So we're 12 days away from Christmas mm-hmm. and 18 days from the bowl game. Yes. Wow. Can't wait. My, my Christmas gift is the
0: bowl game, I think. That's Hmm. that's about what I would ask for. You know, of course, I want K-State to go the distance, but, you know, this isn't a bad consolation. Winning the Big 12 championship, I feel like I've been a bit spoiled this year with Mitty's team off to an amazing start. I know they just lost to South Dakota State, but they are doing way better than people expected without Aoka Lee. They just, you know, South Dakota State, they stumbled a little bit in Kansas City. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Meanwhile... Jerome Tang is nine and one. Kleiman wins a Big 12 championship. I mean, you know, as a K State fan, especially in the last month, it's been really
1: good. Oh, no question. You know, the the football season. I mean, it goes without saying that you know this was a team that was kind of lower middle on the on the picks by most publications and preseason prognostications, whether it's the media poll, coaches poll, whatever, and for them to, uh, to win the league in this season. I've said this before, where the league was so solid um, and probably top to bottom as competitive as it's been in a long, long time, um, that, that, that feels great. We mentioned right at the end of last hour, you've got three All-American football players on this team with Cooper Beebe, Felix Eniudike Uzama, and, and obviously Deuce Vaughn. Uh, can't wait. Alabama's a terrific opponent. Really, really, really good football team. So let's do it. But you're right. I mean, the, the basketball teams have – I mean, if you'd have told me K-State men were going to win nine of their first ten, put me down. I'm in. They've done well.
0: I think, uh, was it was a state Athletics? I, I'm going to butcher this, but it, it's worth checking out the tweet that they had earlier today. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can quickly pull it up here. But, you know, oh, here it is. I found it right away. How about that? Shout out to Twitter. Um, so K-State Athletics put out this tweet five hours ago, 22-4. and four, That's K-State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball from November 1st to December 12th. So the last month and a half – so to give you perspective, K State's twenty-two and four run is tied for the best in
1: Power Five schools. That's impressive, yeah. And I think everybody's thankful for it, aren't they? I mean, so I mean, everybody everywhere you go is talking about the football team and the future and all of that. And, and who wouldn't be excited about what the women are doing without Aoka Lee? I mean, it's it's been a it's a, been a nice surprise. And then with Coach Tang, I mean. Phew, there's been excitement about that all the way back to March, right? Or at least the first of April, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> late March. You mentioned so everybody's talking
0: about K State football winning the Big Twelve. What's the most common question you get about that game or that you know the season or? Like,
1: well, what lately do you think fans want to know most about. I uh, think like, lately it's just the championship game and what it was like being there and the emotion of it. Honestly, I'm sure you're probably. The same with that. I mean, it was just – it was such a terrific football game, man, with with so many different things happening and big plays and storylines. I, I go back to that all the time with this team. This team has been special that way with leadership and toughness and just the ability to, you know, bounce back and continue to strive and thrive, if you will. Um it's hard not to like this bunch, man. This is a good football team.
0: It is. It really is, and we kind of wait daily to find out if if anybody's going to opt out or transfer portal. I think Kate, you know, to this point, I mean, K State only has four in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's I, been I, pretty minimal. Yeah, it, to me, that's a you know, that's
1: that's a really good sign of where the program is at right now. Sure. Yeah, and I, I you know, again, it goes back to what coaches talked about, you know, all the way back you know, 11, 12 months ago that, you know, this this team had lots of potential. I mean, I say this all the time. You go back to the Big 12 media days in July, I, I couldn't really understand why K-State was picked, you know, fifth or sixth. They're in that vicinity most of the time just because they, uh, I mean, they had six um, preseason All-Big 12 guys. That was more than anybody else.
0: Yeah, that, that's right. That's a good point. That is a bit baffling <laughs> if you go back to the preseason, exactly. And where K State has was it tied for the most? Yeah, or it might was have it been the tied, most? But I
1: think it was the most. But it, it, I, I'll, I'll go with the tie. It whatever. didn't get a single first place vote. But but, but yeah. exactly. But you get the point, though. I mean, you know this this, uh, and so many great things happened through through the course of the year. Honestly, with. And again, overcoming some things too. You know, Adrian Martinez was such a big story through the summer and into the first part of the season, and then he gets hurt. And you know, Will Will kind of took him to a different level. And and what a story he's been. And Deuce had another great year. And you know, I mean, Cooper Beebe's an All-American, leading that offensive line. And man, how much how much better did those guys get? I mean, Duff and and K. T. Leviston and. Hayden Gillum, I mean, <laughs> BB and Hadley Panzer. That was a really good group, man, you know. And and Ben Sennett being first team all Big 12, what a story that was. And then defensively, I mean, just keep going, you know. And, and then in the championship game to overcome losing a, a couple of guys early uh, and, and beating that team like that, it was super. I've mentioned this a couple times. I mentioned
0: a couple times last week. I don't. I don't think I really got much pushback on it. And I'll I'll repeat it now. I. I think you know this could be the best season in program history of K State football. Uh, If to beat Alabama, what what would be the thing that gets it there? But if you add it all up of what has taken place this year, just just the story of the season, and plus who they beat to get to this spot, three top ten teams, and a fourth could be in the Sugar Bowl and. Winning the Big 12 championship, I think there's plenty of argument to say. I know it's not the cleanest sh- uh, sheet of wins when it comes to wins and losses. I know there was a, you know, it wasn't a one loss season by any means, but take away the losses and just think about the wins and who they beat and rankings and all that stuff. I think it's a hell of an argument.
1: Well, again, I think you, you, probably because of winning the championship Big 12 title, you have to kind of put it as one of the more special seasons in K-State football history, don't you? I mean, I think that's just a given. Um, You know, I mean, we could sit here and talk about 12 and 03 and 98 and many, many other seasons, obviously. But um, this one, just because of the championship, I think you have to – and I think people, you know – 10, 20, 30 years from now, we'll, we'll talk like that, too, just because of all the things we've been talking about, so many different headlines and stories and characters. and I mean, I think Chris Kleiman is an example. You think he, with that first class, with Cooper Beebe, Deuce Vaughn, and Felix Anudike Uzama, thought at the time he was recruiting three All-Americans? Yeah. <laughs> I know he's a smart dude excuse me i know he's a really good football coach but uh, that's pretty special man well the cats get it done against alabama you'll
0: you you know that i'll it's going to be almost a probably a whole show topic we'll compare the seasons Is it's 2022 (laughs) the greatest season in k-state football history we'll talk about that though though in uh in 2023 when we come back k-state athletics director gene taylor on wildcat insider Well, it appears that uh, ESPN owes Pat McAfee some more money. Uh, this being reported that uh, 2022 was college game day's most watched regular season ever with 2.1 million viewers per broadcast on ESPN. How many? 2.1? 2.1 million. That's the Pat McAfee effect. You think it is? Yes. Absolutely. He joined on a few weeks into the show, and, uh, yeah, I, I would almost guarantee that's the reason why he, he was – That's that he, probably he how the they'll ra- see it. Yeah, the ratings yeah. I mean, he's got a very popular YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's majority – I think it's just based out of YouTube or based on YouTube. Uh, very popular. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. He was that, that needed spark that they needed. I think, to be honest with you, he was getting a little stale.
1: Keep in mind, I don't see it all the time. Sure. Uh, just because of, you know, our Saturdays.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty sweet to see Lee Corso put on the, the Willie headgear. Sure. In the Big 12 championship game and get to see it in person. That that was pretty neat. And seeing game day in person was pretty neat. That's the first time I had that opportunity at the Big 12 championship. Travion, we're ready to go. All right, let's get to our very special guests here on Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with Wyatt Thompson and Travion Brooklyn. We're now joined by K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. And Gene, it's great to talk to you once again. It's been a while. But uh, Big 12 Championship game, K-State gets it done. How tough was it to not be able to actually be at the game because of being with the College Football Playoff Selection Committee? Well, you know, it wasn't
2: easy, that's for sure. Obviously, would have loved to have been there. I think... Once the game got started and I was able to, you know, go to my room, I was able to watch it in my room by myself. I I, I told the chair of our committee, Bill Hancock, I said, Bill, there's no way I I can watch with everybody. Um, So I was able to go to my room. And once the game got started, I really got into the game. You know, obviously we won and watching the celebration was hard. It'd been nice to be there. But the fact that we won made it a little easier, but uh, it was not something I want to do. I guess it was a good problem to have, right?
0: Well, if you're, if you're in that room, we've seen it on TV before, when they're like, here's a live shot at the college football playoff committee, and you're in that room with the TVs and stuff. Is there like a rule where you're like, if your team's playing, you're not allowed to cheer or anything?
2: No, it's it's not. I mean, obviously they want us to watch the games together because after the game is over with, we go into our selection room and have you know, pretty good conversations about what transpired in the game. You know, with our game being early like it was, I was able to come back and watch the rest of the the games with the committee uh, and and the Michigan AD. His team was playing as well. He had the option to go to his room. I think he felt uh, you know a little more comfortable with what the outcome might be, so he was uh, fine being in the room. But I I knew I could. <laughs> and obviously, the way the game unfolded with uh, them coming back in time and overtime, there's no way I would have been able to keep my uh, emotions in check in a room full of uh, not strangers because they're all pretty good friends, but they get it. They're ADs too, so.
1: I'm curious as to just the because I've I've talked about this a lot. I think fans have too. Just the emotion of the game. How were you handling that by yourself? That had to be <laughs> just crazy. Because I loved the game, man. It was. I mean, certainly winning helps loads, as you said. But what a great football game!
2: Well, I've told this story and. I, I feel bad for the young lady, but I about late in the fourth quarter, the housekeeping person knocked on my door and <laughs> wanted to change the room up. And she didn't understand that I asked her to come back. So I said, well, just come on in. And that was about the time Max Dugan that, made that long run, and she was in the bathroom doing cleaning stuff. And my well, he came out of there going, what in the heck is this guy doing? He is yelling at the TV and screaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I scared the heck out of her, but... Uh, It was you know when we won and we made you know obviously made the stand the goal line stand I was going crazy and looking for somebody to high five and ended (laughs) up high fiving myself you know those kind of of deals but uh, and then you know good news is like Caitlin New handed the phone to Chris Kleiman shortly after he had his interview with Holly Rowe and was able to you know congratulate him and then uh, you know we went back into the room and got some high fives from the. Committee selection, and then went back to watching games that uh, didn't matter to me. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of an honor is it to be on that selection committee, Gene? Just for you personally, I, I mean, I'm sure there are some things you'd you'd want to say, and may, maybe not, but that's got to be such a cool thing.
2: It really is, and I, I, I've said this before, and I can't stress it enough. Is is the is the people in the room? There's um, uh, there's 13 members, one lady, um, Kelly Whiteside, and the rest of us are a mix of ads and and uh, you know, a couple of former players and a couple of former coaches. The one thing that's that people sometimes just don't want to believe, uh, not you guys, but, I mean, just some fans, that we just only care about certain schools or certain programs, and that's not the case. I mean, we literally go in there every week with what we call a clean sheet of paper and, and, and really focus on what happened that weekend, who do we think are the best teams, 1 through 25. Uh, we don't worry about what conference they're in or their logo. It's just who they play, who they beat. How did they play in the games? And we have some great conversations. And at the end of the day, we try to put together the best four teams for the playoffs and the best 25 teams. Anyhow, you know, it's going to change in a couple of years where, where those 12 teams, there'll be some more discussion. But I, I think it's, a, it's great. But it's a tremendous honor to be in the room with some of those people.
1: When it does change and go to 12, I think it's been documented that K-State would be in that mix at least a couple of, two or three times over the last several years. How do you s- see this playing forward? It's It's got to be a really good thing for what I'll describe as the the new Big 12 when we get to that point.
2: Oh, I, I think so. Uh, and, and then just, you know, as you look at this year and you get down to the last couple of weeks, people were kind of talking about, you know, five, six, maybe seven teams. Uh, now you're going to be talking about 15 to 20, maybe even 25 teams yep. that could – fall into those last weeks. And and you get down to some of those resumes, you know, really 7, 8, through 12, to 15, to 20, they look very similar. You know, there's a lot of 8, and you know, 9, and 3s, and maybe an 8, and 4, and some 10, and 2s, and, you know, who they played and their strength. It, it gets hard uh, when you get down to those teams is to figure out. And that, obviously there's some conference champions and some of that that will play into, into those selections. But, uh It'll be interesting for sure, but I think the interest, well, a lot more schools have a lot more interest in their chances of getting in that top 12.
0: Speaking with KC Athletics, Richard Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. One more real quick about the Big 12 championship game. Do you have any clue of who is responsible for bringing in the Stogies to celebrate? (laughs) I
2: I have no idea. That's not a tradition I'm a big fan of. I I wish it would not have started. I think it started with the LSU when they won their championship game I'd like to see it go away, but I don't know how that all transpired. So, yeah, not a big fan, but hey.
0: (laughs) Well, yesterday when I left Bramlage after the win over Incarnate Word, I I noticed there was a few folks from Mammoth working outside. What's the update on on the indoor facility? Is the indoor done and just working on the outside now?
2: Well, it's it's uh, it's done enough. We can practice in there. There's still a lot of details uh, that are yet to be done on the indoor, but nothing that's uh, Im- impeding our ability to practice. I think they practiced in there Saturday and Sunday, and maybe even Friday last week. Um, and so it'll probably be you know a few weeks before it's a hundred percent everything done, like graphics and all that stuff. But the outdoor is is starting to get the the field laid. Once they get you know the base down and and start laying the, the turf, it goes pretty quickly. So. Uh, I think our goal is to get the indoor uh, ability to be able to practice in it for the bowl game, which we are being able to do. And and then from there, hopefully, you know, certainly by spring, it'll be 100% ready to go both indoor and outdoor.
1: Give us a little bit of a sense of what it's been like, Gene, um, for K State to prepare for a very first New Year 6 bowl game. This is such a great thing that's happening right now. You can just feel it from the fan base.
2: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of moving parts, right? Um, and I, obviously, if I tell you what was going on, I couldn't because I've been gone so much Jill Shields and Casey Feldkamp and the football staff have really been really doing a lot of that. But, you know, you got to get planes scheduled. you got to get hotels scheduled. There's deadlines. There's, you know, the bowl system or the Sugar Bowl. They have certain events that certain people can go to and they have to get those lists done. There's There's a lot of work that goes into a lot of hours in terms of timing and schedules and then you have the football side of things the team and, and their practice times and then you have kind of the vip side of events and things and functions and parties that you have to work all that in together and, and transportation it's it's a big undertaking it's maybe a little bit more uh involved when it's a new Year's six bowl but it's pretty standard whether you're going to a, a new Year's six bowl or not but uh, yeah, I think there are a, lot, a little bit more expectations when you when you go to a Sugar Bowl or a Fiesta Bowl or a Rose Bowl, and, and there's also a, you know, a more, certainly more high profile. So there's been a lot of hours being spent. There'll be more hours spent between now and, and the time we take off on the 26th. Is
0: is there any idea of where ticket sales are on on the Sugar Bowl?
2: Yeah, I think you know our limit or our allotment was 15,000. I think we're doing pretty well with uh cells and then, you know, obviously you take your band out of there and you take your players tickets and family tickets. I think we've done pretty good. We're, we're we're still moving through tickets and um I don't know the exact numbers just yet. We're still kind of going through that, but in terms of where I think we wanted to be at this point, I, I think everybody feels pretty good with getting uh, through our 15,000. Uh, allotment as soon as you know probably by the time and then you know there's so many other fans that get tickets through other options right i mean uh, our fan base is very smart and there's you know third-party groups out there and a lot of ways to get tickets so I, I anticipate we'll have plenty more than our 15,000 fans down there that's for sure well
0: that's some really great news um i i got one more question it doesn't have to do with the bowl game i actually want to ask you about uh the, the vault the search for the new volleyball coach uh, because at the end of the regular season, K State and, and Susie Fritz decide to part ways. Do you have any updates on that? That on uh, and how that's going?
2: Well, I, I would just say that we've got a lot of really good interests for some really good coaches. Uh, we're, we're moving through the process as quickly as we can. Yet we're not going to go through and, and, and do it too fast. But obviously, you've, you've got people that were still playing for the most part up until this week. They're down to the final four now, so. You know some coaches that we're playing that we might be interested in or are, are, are available to at least talk a little bit more. So we're going to try to get things uh, moving here as quickly as we can, and maybe get some folks uh, available to talk to us uh, either in person or via Zoom, and and see where it goes. But the good news is uh, the candidate pool that we have is very very strong.
1: I guess I would ask one more here in in terms of I don't expect you to tell me about the the phone conversation, but what did having that phone conversation with Chris Kleiman mean to you four years later? After that hire, that had to be something.
2: It was, you know. I just uh, obviously it was loud, and he was, you know, so kind of yelling and screaming at one another, and um, you know, some emotion involved. Just, just wish that you know, I could have been there to give him a big hug. And so that's one thing I said. I get I missed all the sweaty hugs from the players and stuff, but uh, but it was fun. You know, I think I think uh, obviously where. Where the you know expectation was when we hired him, which I didn't realize was four years ago today that we introduced him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and some of the the questions I guess that were out there about him, and to be able to get to a point where he's a head coach of a Big Twelve championship football team, I think it uh, means means a lot to him and to us as well.
0: Do Do you know yeah. how far? Because you're in Dallas, right? Yeah, how exactly how far were you from AT&T Stadium? About twenty minutes. (laughs) Okay, pretty close.
2: It was was one thing. It was one thing for uh, Ward Manuel to be, you know, from Dallas to Indianapolis. It's another thing. And I kept joking, "Hey, man, I'm not feeling very good. I I might need to be gone for the next three hours." And they knew they they knew where that was coming
1: from. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, congratulations on the championship uh, to you, Coach Kleiman and that that football team. Uh, he and I've been talking here about what a special year it's been, and I think all K Staters are really proud of of how this season played out. No doubt.
2: Yeah, no, no you know, I'm just happy for those players. You know, they kind of had a goal, as you know, from the very beginning of the season. I, I think it was pretty a pretty quiet goal that was mainly amongst the guys in that locker room and the coaches, and they never wavered. Even though they had a couple of losses during the season, um, they kept moving forward and 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 uh, you know went to the next task, which was the next game at hand, and. You know, worked through some uh, some injuries, like everybody does, and was able to beat a really, really good. And I think that's one thing is the room in the selection committee. How much respect we had for TCU, and the and the job that they had done, and for us to beat them, you know, just elevated our our our, our respect in the room as well. The, the, the members of the committee feel really good about the kind of football team uh, K State had this year.
0: Well, Gene, it's great to finally get to catch up with you because you're usually pretty busy early in the weeks with, uh, of course, doing AD stuff and being on the college football playoff selection committee. But uh, really greatly appreciate your time coming on Wildcat Insider. We hope to talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk more down in New Orleans. That'd be great.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll be around New Orleans somewhere, right, Wyatt? <laughs> well, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to be there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be there. Troy and I, will be. Uh, we're going to be flying down... Wednesday, the Wednesday before. There you go. So I think that's the 28th, yeah. and we're going to stay until the 2nd. Perfect. So, uh, no, so you're g- going
1: to get your full New Orleans there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for you. And we're trying, of course, we're, we're trying to find out or figure out, you know, doing the show down in New Orleans, trying to, you know, figure out those details. And uh, now there's still a lot of planning to do, but it's very exciting planning. Let's just put it that way. Like, I cannot wait for this trip. Oh yeah. Everything involved with it. It's just it's perfect for somebody like me. <laughs> and for those who don't know, if you want to take in a Pelicans game, they play that day bef- that night before. There's an NBA game on 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 the 30th. The, on the 30th wow. Against the 76ers. Okay. So uh, for those NBA fans out there, you'll be able to tell me if that's a big matchup or not because I'm not quite sure. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout when we come back. You know what? We'll jump back to K-State Hoops because the Nebraska Cornhuskers are the next matchup in Kansas City. We'll talk Nebraska Hoops after the break. I was looking at the uh, rosters for the Pelicans and 76ers. Again, they play uh, the night before the Sugar Bowl. They're at the, I think it's the Smoothie King Center is where they play. I think that's the name of the arena. 76ers have, of course, Joel Embiid, but also uh, James Harden is also on the team. George Niang, former Iowa State Cyclone, is on that team as well. Uh, Let's see. P.J. Tucker also plays for them. And uh, Pelicans have Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, C.J. McCollum is on that team. Devontae Graham, former Jayhawk. Yeah. Wow. yeah, Jackson Hayes, who used to play at Texas. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's...
1: Yeah, not bad. It's really – it would probably – and I'm not a real big NBA guy either, but it would surprise, I think, a lot of people if they took the time to look at all of those rosters and see how many Big 12 players are in the league now. It's crazy. Well, coming up
0: next is a matchup against the former Nebraska – the former team of the Big 12, the Nebraska Cornhuskers at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City is the Wildcat Classic. And it's the second meeting in two years against these two teams. Man, uh, K State won the first game in uh, Lincoln last year, and now I, I would say an improved team. Even though they're six and five, they have not played an easy schedule. They're already a couple of games into uh, Big Ten play, and but they've also played a bunch of Power Six opponents, including Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve. Played Florida State, Boston College. The last three games, though, have been all against top fifteen teams and two of them in, in Big Ten play.
1: Yeah, lost at Indiana, 81-65. Saturday at home had a real shot, but lost to number 4 Purdue, 65-62. It's a team, to be real honest with you, and, and again, I'll remind everybody that they were 10-22 and 22 a year ago and thought they were really headed in the right direction, but only one player really from that, I mean, one starter back from that team, and that's Derek Walker, yeah. their five-man. And he's a good player, 15.3 points, 8.8 rebounds, shoots nearly 70% from the floor, had 14 and 10 against Purdue, but a lot of other new faces. They've got an Alabama transfer, an SMU transfer, uh, a North Dakota St- State transfer who was born in Lincoln, Sam Griesel is their point guard, played four years at North Dakota State and was a, oh boy, almost a thousand point scorer there, so yeah, they're they're a little different. Um they have a young man coming off their bench who's actually started one game uh kid from Japan, Keisei Tomenaga, um who had nineteen and was four of eight from three against Purdue. So they can be a little streaky, but when they're when they're shooting it well, they can be dangerous.
0: You mentioned Derek Walker, and yeah, he, he of course you know he he stood out to me first, you know first of all, because I remember from the game last year uh-huh. Um, and he's averaging 15 points a game right now. He's from Kansas City. I'm sure he have a little bit of a following there. It'd be interesting to see him up against, you know, if it's our four or five, you know, if it's going to be, you know, David Gasson or
1: whatever. The thing is he he rebounds extremely well. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, just almost 9 a game and he's 6'9" and 240, but but pretty athletic. The interesting part about him though is that This is kind of – he was injured early, so he's played in just six games. But think about this. A guy who averages 15.3 points and 8.8 rebounds, you know what he is from the free throw line this year? Zero for zero. What are the chances of that for a five-man? No kidding. That is very strange. That is really weird. Double figures, though, in all six games. So he's consistent as a scorer. Had 22 at Creighton for his season high. Um, Been around a long time. Played at Tennessee. Played at Sunrise Christian down near Wichita. And as you said, from Kansas City, Missouri. So, yeah, he's he's a good one. Yeah, last year averaged just two free throws a game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, does it yeah, he's not a, a free throw guy.
0: Not really. I uh-huh. yeah, that that does baffle me. The thing last year though, K State played. I think he, you know, K State might have been the best defense when it comes to focusing on him last year that mm-hmm. they had seen all year, or at least for Walker had seen all year. K State really hounded him, forced him into many turnovers. He had six. In the game against K-State last year, I don't know what it was about that game or what it was about K-State's defense, but you know, that was one of his worst days in his career at turning over the basketball, and he was held to six points. You know, he's, he's a double-digit guy and held to six points, and so it'll be interesting to see how
1: K-State does focus on
0: just such an athletic five like he is.
1: It is a team that, as I said, from time to time, they struggle scoring the ball uh, Basically, sixty-nine points a game. They give up sixty-five and a half. So obviously, close games with a six-and-five record, just a thirty-one percent three-point shooting team, sixty-four um, percent from the line. So as you can see, they're just okay there. Yeah. But they do have good athletes, and and like K-State, they're pretty balanced. We mentioned Walker at fifteen. Uh, Gray, a starter, is at nine four. at ten two. Wilcher at ten four. Greasel at ten seven. And Tomey at eleven point five. So they're not the world's deepest team, but those six guys are pretty pretty rock solid. Now that, that that did stand
0: out to me as well. They don't seem like they're 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 deep. Yeah, they, they don't seem like that way. You know, starting five. And I I think the reason is because you know maybe they just they, they were scoring some points on some lesser teams. But they're starting 5 all average double figures and points.
1: Ju- Probably, Ju- I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, as I was gonna say, Juwan, Gary off the bench averages 9, and then nobody else averages more than 4 points a game.
1: Yeah. Now, now let me just say this, though. There, there are a couple of other guys to, to at least be aware of, and, and both are bigger players. Wilhelm Breidenbach, who you might remember from last year, uh, played early, had a leg injury, missed most of the season, um, 3.5 points a game basically, but he played at Modern Day out in the L.A. area. Uh, he's from uh, Rancho Santa Margarita, so in that area, and a four-star kid. And then the other guy is Blaise Cata, who is from Mali and played a year at Coffeeville, and he's 6'11 and 240, and he, he's going to play 12, 13 minutes a game. So, again, not the deepest team, but, but they're not talent void either. This is an okay team. I, I don't know where they really will fit. When it's all said and done in the, in the Big Ten, because it's such a good league, they, they were 4-16 and 16 in the league last year, but I think they think that they'll be a little bit better this time and w- with that conference record. We'll see.
0: One of my takeaways of, of all that you just said yeah. was about, um, what was it, Rancho Santa Margarita, yeah. California. What a name, huh? That is a great town name if you don't live there. <laughs> First of all, California is already long enough to have to write out or type out. Now you're typing out or writing out Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh huh. If you lived there, if I lived there, I think that would be obnoxiously long. Uh, I think it probably would. Too. How address. would you get it on a driver's license? <laughs> That's a good point. Smaller type, I guess. I grew up on Main Street. There you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, this game's going to be on ESPN Plus. So you know what? You might as well just go to the game mm-hmm. and go watch the Cats in person. Beat. Nebraska again, six and five team. Again, what they've been able to do in the last three games, they must play some good defense because uh, they're, they're you know, against three pretty solid opponents that are in the top 50, they were top 15 in the country. I don't know where Creighton is at at this point. I don't they've know. They've fallen a
1: little bit. I yeah. think they've lost maybe four times now. But still a pretty highly regarded team with quite a few back from a really good team from last year. Yeah, but at the time, you know, that was seventeenth, seventh-ranked team in the country was Creighton. Mm-hmm. And
0: they were playing, I don't know if they were playing at home, like on their home floor or they they in that were, arena.
1: I think they yeah. were at Creighton, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah, the game was in yeah. Omaha. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly where they play the games. If they played at the arena there or they
0: have their own gym or whatever it is. Yeah, but... that,
1: that arena in Omaha, remember, K-State played an NCAA tournament there yeah. not too many years ago. And then
0: at number fourteen, Indiana, that was a bad game for them. But yeah, against Purdue, I was like, "Geez, that's now number one team in the country that they just lost to at home by three points." That does worry me a little bit. They've already <laughs> played some really good teams yeah. already this
1: season, and now K-State has their hands full in Kansas City. Well, and if you're wondering why they always usually play a couple of non-conference, I'm sorry, conference games in, in December because they play twenty conference games. That's a lot. They,
0: they went on a run here. Okay, so it was seven straight games. Oklahoma, Memphis, Florida State, Boston College, Creighton, Indiana, Purdue.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, well, Florida State's awful this year, yeah. but, but, but I get the point. Normally, they're pretty good. I shouldn't say they're awful, but they've really struggled. I think they've only won one or two games, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I thought,
0: yeah, you're right, I guess. I yeah. thought Florida State was a little
1: better than that. They're one and seven. Yeah. Oops, my bad. <laughs> but it's still i mean name-wise and tradition-wise yep. that's a pretty good little grouping of 7 there that's that's a good stretch
0: all right well I, I, we got a couple of minutes left yep. i want to try to squeeze in real quick a meet the wildcats question but it's it's actually one specifically for you Okay. because for the last year and a half i've been looking at houses to buy and i haven't pulled the trigger yet I'm, you know, you're getting closer kind of though waiting for the right opportunity okay um but, of course, everybody says, you know, or, you know, these days it's hard for somebody like me to go buy a house by myself. But if it was 30 years ago, that wasn't unheard of. It was not as difficult for a single person to go buy a home. I was curious to know, the first home you bought, do you remember how much it was,
1: if you don't mind me asking? I mean, I don't mind you asking, but I'm you're racking my brain a little bit harder than uh, usual here on a question like that. Let's see. I think the first place that I would have purchased would have been in Hayes, and that would have been probably in the mid '80s, and I'm. Thinking it was probably in the seventy-five thousand dollar range. That's a long time ago. It was a nice home. Do you remember like bedrooms, bathrooms, the numbers? Yeah, there. It was. It was. Uh, f- I think basically four bedrooms, two baths. It was a pretty good size home for for three people. <laughs> it yeah. was a pretty good size place. So yeah, I, I I will say this: single or not, you can get one if you want one. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's all about that one two, buddy.
0: I just you know I want a home that I think you know I deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. That, like, I've yeah. been working my tail off, especially this last year of working my tail off to. I'm ready to buy a home, and uh, you know I, I don't have you know if, if I st- stick in Manhattan the rest of my career, that's fine. Sure. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's whatever. You know, I'm kind of you know if the right opportunity comes, but I love it here. Manhattan's a great place to live. Great place. It's just getting more expensive, and uh, you know. It's, it was already prior to the pandemic hard enough for me to buy a house. Now it's much tougher. If I wanted to try to find a four-bedroom home, I don't think I'd go that big. That's a lot of upkeep for one person. I don't like to clean. Um, and things get dusty. But uh, – now you're not the, you, supposed
1: to say that.
0: You can't find anything
1: over two hundred,
0: <laughs> or you can't find anything under two hundred. I should say two hundred thousand
1: here in town. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's become a little more difficult because the town has grown so much and continues, I think, to do so. I, I'm far from being a real estate expert in the city of Manhattan, but uh, but I do think you're accurate there. It's it's become a, the market's a little tighter, and and for a lot of reasons, I think. Um, it's kind of like the car business too right it's a little tougher right now to and i think they're finally starting to get a little progress made there but covid set them back a little ways yeah there's
0: that shortage yeah. and yeah yeah. i heck i could have probably sold my car and got a bike or something and just drove <laughs> around town and there you go made a lot of money on that used car i could have probably sold it for more than i bought it for there you go and uh but uh i'm good walk, on the car though, do you i only live about a mile away i can make it work yeah. i thought about getting an electric scooter or getting like a moped type of th- You'd look great on a moped. I know I would. Yeah. Styling, baby. And, uh, you know, cheap on the insurance, cheap on the gas. All right, Travion's telling us to get out. For Travion Berklin, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. That's Wildcat Insider.
1: Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.